Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Christmas television. So we're going to be talking about Christmas television specials and also Christmas-themed episodes of some of our favorite shows. Or maybe they're not our favorite shows, but we just happen to love the Christmas episode for some reason. I don't know if that will happen tonight, but we will see. This should be a fun and quick and breezy, easy, breezy, easy, breezy, easy episode. (laughs) I'm on fire Should tonight. be, but it won't. <laughs> Should be, but it will be. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what Christmas television is because you should know. So I'm just going to, instead, we're just going to go around and see what everybody's into right now in pop culture. So Carla. Erin, <laughs> I will tell you <laughs> what I'm into in pop culture today. Okay. I, I'm not sorry for the for the shameless for the shameless self promotion here, but Meg and I just recorded the most hilarious episode of Bedwetter Behead that we have ever recorded. It's completely unhinged, and it's about the princess, um, the princess switch that Hulu, you know, timeless classic that came out like three years ago. But Meg and I were not it's satisfied. It's Netflix. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, I guess Netflix. Sorry. And in the episode, we make the movie so much more interesting than the movie itself actually is. We really gave this movie an upgrade. It becomes a harrowing war tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix should be contacting us to, like, have us, you know, spruce up their their, um, little franchise. Because it is that good. (laughs) Awesome. What a great, what a great thing to be into. Seriously. No, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I've never watched that movie. Will I need to have watched the movie to get? <laughs> oh, we never, we don't talk about the movie. <laughs> talk some about the movie. It's it's honestly not the worst Christmas movie. It's, it's kind of cute. It's just very simple and cheesy and basic, but it's, um, we, we, like, I enjoy watching the movie, but you don't, I don't think you have to watch it to get how ridiculous we are. It's a cute movie. And it, I mean, honestly, it's two hours out of your life to watch it. But you don't need to. You but, but you don't need don't. to. Instead, go listen to Bed, Wet, or Behead, which that episode will already be out by the time you're listening to this episode. So go back and listen to it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Bed, Wet, or Behead. Come on, people. It's an entertaining, fun, 
fun yeah. podcast starring Carla and Meg, sometimes <laughs> featuring Tiff, sometimes featuring me, sometimes featuring other people as well. So, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. So, Meg, what do you want to write? Other than being into myself and Carla, uh, no. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Meg, we said that we were going to keep that to ourselves. <laughs> no, um, you know what? Keeping on theme, I'm into Christmas movies. I'm watching the Christmas movies. Um, I watched one with Matt Cohen yesterday, which was... Oh, door! I think it was the holiday date or something like that. It's a, it's funny and it's adorable. It's cheesy. It's exactly what you are expecting from a made-for-TV Christmas movie. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing: is wrapping gifts and watching Christmas movies and drinking red wine. Because as I told Carla, I'm a very unique person. I think I'm the only one who does that. I own the only person who watches Christmas movies while wrapping gifts and drinking wine. Very true. Very, very true. true. <laughs> Other people drink eggnog or pretty unique shots of shots of tequila or vodka or whiskey. Oh, I can't <laughs> do tequila. And I spent six hours wrapping this yesterday if I was doing shots. I wrapped for an hour and slept. <laughs> yeah, I'm not encouraging this, by the way. <laughs> or cappuccinos or, you know, espresso shots. I, sorry. <laughs> So, Tiff! So, ongoing, my love of the Bermuda Triangle. Now, I'm into Bermuda Triangle. The proof is out there. It's also on the History Channel. This one's hosted by Tony Harris, coming from the coast of Florida. And it it's funny because it doesn't really, really go into the Bermuda Triangle. It goes into everything else but the Bermuda Triangle and well, how it yeah, ties you got to stay out of there exactly. But it's how it ties into the Bermuda Triangle in some way, shape, or fashion. So yeah, that's what I'm into right now. I'm continuing on my Bermuda Triangle bullish bull shirt, if you will. Have Have you ventured into Bermuda Triangle fanfic? <laughs> I have not, but you know what? I honestly should. There's so Let's much see. shipping in there. <laughs> I'm here all night, guys. That's the kind of comedy. That's the kind of comedy you can expect here at Bed Wet and Behead. We love to see it. That's a quality preview, Meg. <laughs> I wonder what kind of tropes are filled with the Bermuda Triangle, though. This will be interesting. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to long look it up. lost lovers. <laughs> second love. chance, second chance romance. <laughs> love that supposedly went down in the Bermuda Triangle, but suddenly pops up, and the person that they were in love with is now married with another family. <gasps> I just read a book like that called One True Loves. Nice, but with a Bermuda Triangle twist. Ah, yes. <laughs> this was the Arctic. <laughs> but he's so creative. <laughs> so what I'm into uh, is well, it's a horror film, but it's a thriller too. Uh, but it's Chris. It's set during Christmas, so <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe it. It's a horror. A horror film. film? What, Aaron? You are just. I mean, you are full you of branching out. Look at you <laughs> branching out. Uh, so, and this is on Shutter because once again, go back and listen to 
I don't remember what episode. Oh, our VH1 episode when I talked about how oh, please go subscribe to Shutter if you haven't already. Please, 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 please. I uh, don't want to see this streaming service go away. So anyway, um, but this is this movie is called The Apology, and it's all about uh, 20 years after this woman's daughter disappears and, you know, she's still missing. She ends up having this Christmas dinner sort of meet up, not dinner, but meet up with her ex-brother-in-law who is there to talk to her about this thing, about her missing daughter. And it's very intense. It's not a very happy movie necessarily <laughs> at all, but the performances are so, so good. And also, Janine Garofalo is in this movie, and I hadn't seen her in a movie in forever. Uh, she's not the main woman, but she's one of them. And this is written and directed by a woman, Alison Locke. So, you know, support women filmmakers. And another thing I appreciated is she created some very, very, very nuanced female characters and a great female friendship. And these are women that are above the age of 20, above the age of 30, above the age of 40. Leading a movie. It's amazing. <laughs> so go watch this on Shudder. It's a quick hour and a half. It is intense, but go watch it. I'd love actually to see it as a play. So that's what I'm into. And keeping that lively spirit of Christmas alive, we are going to get into Christmas television. So we're going to first start out with Christmas television specials. So Carla, we're going to start with animated. What are three of your favorite Christmas animated television specials? So as I've mentioned before, and everybody who's listening, I'm sure they've listened to every episode that I've ever been on and has retained an encyclopedic knowledge of everything I have ever said. But just in case you haven't, I'm not big into animated stuff. I'm just not. So, I mean, like, I will just name check two classics that everybody else will also mention, but the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer one, and then the, um, God, what's that? There's another claymation one. It's like Frosty the Snowman. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. Frosty the Snowman. That's all I will say about them. So you guys can go in at length about how they're a huge part of your childhood and how you have never gone at Christmas without watching them and how they have filled your heart with great delight. Blah, the freaking blah. Jesus. <laughs> wow, I really felt that the Christmas spirit in that. <laughs> blah, freaking blah. blah. So Meg. No, 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 no. I have, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I do have one that I will go on, um, that I will talk about at length, because this one actually I did watch as a child back when animation meant something to me. <laughs> and, it was, <laughs> and it was Mickey's oh, Christmas Carol. Mickey's Christmas Carol is okay so picture this you're in 1984 and you are but a wee lass in mexico and your dad brings home for for the holidays a vcr Ooh, ah. i was only about four months old anyway boo so <laughs> so you may be wondering Gen Z people, what is a VCR? A VCR is like a DVD player, but older and much bigger. They're like, what's a DVD player? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're on your own there. Okay. Like I'm trying the best that I can. But, and he brought the, well, on top of the fact that he recorded a ton of episodes of the Cosby show and he brought us 
the Wiz and Trading Places, which I should never have seen at that age, but I did anyway. He did also bring Mickey's Christmas Carol. And so I watched, I watched that so many times. Like I had no idea what anybody was saying. I didn't know any English. Like, why would I need to know any English? I left in Mexico. That's ridiculous. Who needs to know English when you're never leaving Mexico? Ha ha, jokes on me. <laughs> uh, three years later. But uh, but I just, I loved the animation. I loved that. I loved um, Tiny Tim and how Mickey was just adorable. And like, you really get a sense of the story, despite not knowing what the hell they're saying. So like all of the sounds mean something to me. And once I got to, you know, once I learned English and I knew what they were saying, it made it even better. So it's like, you take something that is very meaningful to you as a child, where you think like, it can't get any better than this. And then you, you like really grasp it. And it's like that much better. So it's like the gift that kept on giving for many, many years, because it just, it just grew and grew in importance in my heart. And another great thing about having you know, VCR recordings of these things is that you get the commercials. So all of these commercials that I otherwise wouldn't have seen, I got to see in the VCR. (laughs) And like, you would think like, oh, you probably scuffed up commercials. No, I treasured them. There was a Pillsbury one that I loved, you know, like the the, the jingle, which I, again, I didn't know what they were saying. It was like, "Ah, no, they're saying, now you can, now you should. Pillsbury microwave is Pillsbury's good. Pillsbury good. Oh my gosh. So like every last bit of Mickey's Christmas Carol interspersed with um, commercials just just made me so happy, just filled me with so much joy. Like I imagine other animated specials did for other people who like animated specials. But this is the the, the one that really mattered to me. <laughs> That's mainly I'm never gonna get over the blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> that that was you just crash all everyone else's <laughs> nostalgic great. Christmas. Hey, I said that you could enjoy it. I didn't say you couldn't enjoy it. I just said that I'm not gonna. Like, I'm sorry that you have terrible taste, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and now it's gone further. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your, your taste sucks. Sorry you a. suck. <laughs> sucks to be you. So, Meg, do you suck? <laughs> Depends um, on who you ask. I, I'm assuming that, like... The Simpsons isn't gonna isn't part of this animated. I I heard Christmas special and I figured it was like a standalone yes. thing. Yes. Okay, um, I too am not super big into Christmas specials of anything. So and I don't have any deep nostalgia for any of these. Although now I'm kind of want to pretend. I talk about how the Grinch stole Chris stole Christmas saved my life as a young child. Bitter, like, but we all know I like grew up upper middle class <laughs> white girl in Wisconsin, so. <laughs> you poor thing. More me. No, How I don't did you have... do during the the cheese shortage of 1989. I I love <laughs> I love how the Carla stole Christmas. <laughs> That's just I mean it's fun. I and I've seen all the live action ones but not the animated one is I feel like absolutely the best the perfect one for me um rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and all of those claymation like and i can't remember the name of the creator off the top of my head 
but all of those are really fun. I like Rudolph um, and Muppet Family Christmas. I'm counting that as animated because what are you going to do with puppets? <laughs> like where where did they go? <laughs> They're cartoonish creatures, so I'm counting it as animated. But uh, the Muppet Family Christmas because the Muppets are hilarious. They're wonderful. I don't have a whole long thing prepared for any of it. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of nostalgic ties to animated Christmas specials. It's fine. It just means you don't suck, according to Carla. So, (laughs) well, I like animated (laughs) movies. I I like animated movies and TV shows. So, I mean, there's already sucking in there. Yes, but but she keeps it to herself. (laughs) You know, like I don't mind so much. What you do behind closed doors is your business. I just just don't don't shove it down my throat. Just don't make me watch it. I don't need your your animated stuff (laughs) agenda in my face. The the number of times I've been trying to get I her to pray play Bedwin Behead with Disney princes, and she just refuses. I, I I will pray for you so that the Lord can see you through this dark time. But you know, just don't shove it in my face. Your your love for animated. <laughs> it's just like that. Carla's lost her connection. So so, so Tiff, I got I gotta know. Do you suck? <laughs> clearly, clearly, I'm part of the animated Christmas film agenda. Uh, clearly, because I do have three. Tiffany's and part of Big Christmas. Big Christmas. <laughs> big Christmas specials. Yes, I'm coming into your homes. I'm 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 seeping into your children's brains. <laughs> I'm coming for tiny. <laughs> okay, so I have one classic, which is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, I love uh Vince Guaraldi trios. Uh, Christmas time is here. I think it's beautiful. I listen to I listen to it because I love Christmas music. I think I've said that before. Um, and that whole uh, album that he did, and you know, that was lent out to uh, Charlie Brown, was just it's it's beautiful and it's wonderful. Um, you know, little little Linus playing on the uh, play, no Schroeder playing on the piano. Sorry about that. Uh, I think it's so cute and adorable. And, you know, the way Linus is like, you know, uh, the Christmas spirit and the the tree, the little Charlie Brown tree, that little scraggly tree becomes a beautiful, full Douglas fir. And it's just so wonderful and makes me happy. Um, and then another one, not necessarily as well known. I love Shrek the Halls. Um, yes! <laughs> Shrek is fun and he's funny and it's fun seeing him celebrate Christmas uh, as a big ogre Santa Claus. It's hilarious. Um, And then because he is a cat after my own heart, a Garfield Christmas. And, you know, all Garfield wants to do is sleep and eat lasagna. And, you know, if I had my, and if I had my way, that would be my lifestyle, sleeping and eating lasagna. That's a wonderful thing next to a Christmas tree. You know, with Christmas music playing in the background. So those are my three. A Charlie Brown Christmas, Shrek the Halls, and a Garfield Christmas. Those are great Christmas ones. Thank Good picks, Tiffany. I appreciate your love of my Christmas animated <laughs> Glad films. we can both suck together. Thank you. <laughs> I acknowledge that you mentioned Christmas movies. And I'm proud of you. No, they're special. For, they're not movies. They're special. For, yes, I, I, I acknowledge that you said things. Thank you. I appreciate the fact that you didn't say blah, flicking, fripping, 
I respect your blah. right. I respect your right to As your to your dirty ways. Oh, and the privacy <laughs> of your own American, I have a right to fly my animated flag. Oh my gosh. I mean that's, that's the kind of talk that I would expect from somebody who lives in California. Like completely. <laughs> My, my, my liberal, my liberal animated agenda. Yes. <laughs> wow. Do not force okay. her to see your animated love. Do not. I will not. <laughs> Keep it away from my innocent eyes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this one a direction. I know. It's, it's amazing. So I, too, am not a fan of animation. I'm not saying this just to suck up to Carla, by the way. If you listen to the past, you know this is true. I'm not a big – I never have been, even as a kid. So, yes. Uh, so I don't suck unless I want to, but I don't suck. <laughs> well, you should always consent. You <laughs> should always be consent where sucking gets involved. Absolutely. Enthusiastic consent, I might yes. add. Enthusiastic yes. consent. Enthusiastic yes. consent to sucking is the best kind of sucking. <laughs> this is one heck of a Christmas episode. I Merry want to Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. And a happy new year. This is what it's like to, to hang out with the sexy ladies. Yes. yes. It's exactly. a sexy Christmas. It's a sexy, Ooh, a sexy, very sexy. That should have been the title. A very sexy episode. Christmas. <laughs> a very sexy Christmas special. So that could be like the title. Yes. <laughs> this is my new favorite Christmas special. <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yes. So, so I don't really, I mean, I did enjoy watching Rudolph and I always felt bad for Rudolph. And I enjoyed watching Frosty the Snowman. And since Meg put it under animation, I have been a fan of the Muppets when I was a kid. That that was my show as far as like kid type shows. Mm-hmm. Like I one time was going to be late watching the Muppets. And remember, Gen Zers, there was a time when if you missed a show, you missed a show. <laughs> <laughs> you were screwed. So I remember one time I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be late for the Muppets. So the Muppets meant a lot to me. So, of course, anything with the Muppets is going to be one of my favorite specials. So echoing the Muppets Christmas special. I, I was I put it under not animated, but since Meg put it under animated, I'm putting it under animated so that I have something to talk about because these other ones, yeah, they're they're cute. You know, Rudolph, poor Rudolph with his nose so bright. So, blah you know. freaking blah. <laughs> No, I yes, I'm I'm trying to kiss up to Carla in this episode. <laughs> I'm like, be my friend, Carla. Tiff <laughs> and I are just like, what? don't ditch me for January and Christian F and Bale month. Please don't ditch me. Yes, please don't yes, refuse please to don't come ditch. on. It's all about the Baleness. It's Christian Baleness. <laughs> you have Christmas and then you have Baleness. <laughs> Bail Instead mice. of Michaelmas, you have Belmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so we're gonna move on to not animated Christmas specials. So Carla, is this another blah Thank blah God. blah blah? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, we're finally done with that. <laughs> Okay, 
So in unanimated Christmas specials, the the first one that I'll mention is the great British baking show holidays special that they do at the end of each of each oh, season. Wow. <laughs> because it's it's like it's one of my favorite parts of what they do where it's just you know jolly and fun and there are no stakes and it's just you know everybody's having a good time the judges aren't judging all that hard they're not being harsh on anybody everybody's just there for for the kicks and then back when mary berry was on it mary and paul would go and bake something together and it was like really cute seeing seeing them interact because mary berry just seems like a really like nice person i really enjoyed her judging and i was so sad when she was gone along with the the host sue and i can't remember the non-sue sue and non-sue she also has a name that's not non-sue but let's just go with non-sue for now (laughs) and they were they were great they were by far the best hosts but mary berry really was so special and so lovely on that show so um i haven't watched huh and the best name (laughs) mary berry mary berry but I, I really, I, I just, I love those. Like, especially back in that era, they they were really sweet. Okay, so this is a movie, but the reason I'm mentioning it is because, yeah, so I'm a Grinch, and apparently I don't really love a lot of the, the specials that are out there. But <laughs> it's special in that after, like, five years or something, that uh, after it was out in theaters, between Thanksgiving... And Christmas, it was like a nonstop marathon of Home Alone on like every channel, it seemed. And Home Alone became like this big holiday classic movie that I was so happy whenever it came on. I was like, oh, I love this. It's like, you know, the Christmas spirit, catching bad guys, using um, homemade devices. It's really great. <laughs> it, teaches you th- it teaches children the value of independence and of quick thinking and that if your parents accidentally abandon you it's totally okay you will be fine as long as you have uh, a very 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 large house and zero supervision spare me which i mean honestly isn't that what christmas is all about (laughs) and um i I, I had Mickey's Christmas special in here twice. I had it both an animated and non-animated. But I've already talked to you about it. Why <laughs> the I love not animated version? Carol. It's just a mouse. <laughs> it's just a mouse. <laughs> it's a, a mouse being um, uh, treated poorly by its by its rat paws. By its uh, yeah, <laughs> its rat paws. <laughs> <laughs> Who is being haunted? I don't know. Um, I'm taking the cheese. And, of course. Oh my God. So I have Single All the Way, which is on Netflix, which I, I love so much because it's the first. Okay, it's not the first, but yes. Okay, Aaron, I know it's not a, like an actual holiday special, but apparently I suck at holiday specials. <laughs> it's okay. Neither was Home Alone. It's hilarious. <laughs> I just said that. I said that I know it's not a holiday special, but it's special to me and it's in the holidays. So it, honestly, it's like it, it just works out. Semantically, it works. Um, but single all the way, it's like, you know, best friends to lovers and it has meddlesome family, but they're meddlesome in a good way where you don't want to really like, you know, send somebody off to live 
on an island far, far away. You love everybody in the movie. Jennifer Coolidge is in it. It has great music. Like that song at the end, uh, sung by who is actually Kathy Najimy's real life husband. And it's so cute. It's so cute and lovely and uh, fairly drama free. So if you want something that's romantic and sweet. Oh, and then, the, the, the you know, because of course it has to be a love triangle. If you want a love triangle with a third person who is not a douchebag, this is the movie for you. The Christmas special for you. <laughs> the special That's Christmas amazing. movie for you. That was amazing. And once again, you know, in the year since we have done our Christmas movies episode, I still have never seen Home Alone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why are we even doing a Christmas episode? What is happening? <laughs> okay. You've taken a full 12 months and you still haven't seen Home Alone. Here, this is irresponsible Christmasing. Well, you know, I like to be different. <laughs> I don't know. So, Home Alone so is too mad. mainstream. We know, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it's not counterculture enough. Now, if it was, if there's it was not home, enough crime. Yeah, if it was Home Alone with like you know Michael Myers in the background, hey, <laughs> I have something there. Yeah, and Macaulay Culkin, like, as a goth, as a goth kid. (laughs) A goth (laughs) eight-year-old. The entire soundtrack is just Depeche Mode. (laughs) There was actually a movie that came out. I I have to look it up because it came up in my memories that actually has some stuff that they do that was in Home Alone, I guess. And it's called Better Watch Out. So go watch it. Aaron's like, now that movie I have seen. 57 times i watch it every week <laughs> uh, so so meg Aaron, i'm still not super into christmas specials but i do have some i love the holiday nailed it or the diy craft ones like those kind of things i can't remember the diy one but it was like handy holidays or something like that but it's the same the same kind of cooking and baking stuff with the holidays. And I love the nailed it because they're so bad. They're the best. It's the best. It's absolutely the best. It's the only cooking competition or baking competition I could ever be on. I can cook. I cannot bake to save my life. And then I had another one. I don't know if it's a Christmas special so much as it is an episode, but Murderville on Netflix, they have their Christmas special that was Who Killed Santa? With... And I, I don't know if you know, so Murderville is this, is a show that's basically, there's a script, but their guest actors that come on don't get the script. They just have to kind of go along with whatever. And this one has Maya Rudolph and Jason Bateman. And it's really, really funny. I watched it yesterday. It's fantastic. And the third one, I, I'm going to say I'm going to really like it because it hasn't come out yet, but I really like Luke Evans and I guess he's doing a Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna love it i'm gonna like that one i don't really like the ones you know like a very murray christmas and a colbert christmas those were fun like i liked the colbert christmas special a lot but i don't really like one where this is just a celebrity that sits there and talks at you and then you listen to a christmas song so i don't know i could come up with some more movies like carla that are special to me and call them christmas specials <laughs> I know. <laughs> a Muppet Christmas Carol. 
<laughs> one of the two best Christmas carols ever. I agree. I agree. <laughs> that one of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, Tiff, do you love these? So, okay. So, my my oldest dear daughter loves baking competitions. So, last night she had me sit down with her and we got some new recliners, which we love to sit down in. And she had me watching like two hours of holiday cookie challenge on mm-hmm. the Food Network. And it's hilarious because these folks inevitably break their cookies. Inevitably. <laughs> like, you know, if you lift your cookie up to ice it and to do your little cross stitch on the cookie, you know, it's going to break. And lo and behold, it breaks. And their faces when it breaks, hilarity. Just absolute hilarity. They only make one cookie. They make one cookie. They don't make any backup cookies. They just make the one cookie. The one giant cookie. Okay? The one giant cookie. And this one guy, he did one. It was a decorating challenge. Not It's a decorating slash taste challenge. But they do heavy on the decorating. And this one guy did, his whole theme was, oh, Mrs. Claus booking her trip to the Bahamas, right? That was the whole thing. The thing was terrible. I don't know what she was looking at. It, then he did this Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, that's not Bahamas. What What are you doing? Is Mrs. Claus Fine. leaving Santa? I don't. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> this is the one time of year she shouldn't be. <laughs> she should be standing by his side. Absolutely. <laughs> but, and he won. How the heck did he win? My <laughs> literally dear daughter shot up out the chair and was like, you won? She was she was outraged. She took them into the Bermuda Triangle. She, yes, <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle of taste. <laughs> exactly. So so there was that, but she forces me into sorry. She forces me to watch that um, because it's not my it's not my new normal jam. I do it really just to placate her. So we did that, but um, I really love. And this was actually this was before. I was born, but I've seen it a bunch of times. I love being Crosby's Merry Old Christmas. Mm. It was his last Christmas special before he actually passed away before it aired. He passed away like in that October or that November. And then, of course, it aired in December. And that's the famous one he has with his um, version of uh, the Little Drummer Boy, Peace on Earth with David Bowie, which is an absolutely beautiful song. If you've never heard it before, their voices are pure magic together, but it's a really sweet special. It's really, really sweet. He knew he was sick actually at the time. He um, was, uh, his health had been failing for a little bit. I don't think he obviously knew that he was going to pass away, but um, it's, it's a nice send off for him and, you know, kind of cementing his legacy as somebody who has this great voice for, for Christmas music and, it's just really, it's really sweet and it's a lot of fun. Um, Kurt Franklin's done some really good like gospel specials um, with a lot of different, uh, I mean, you know, they do little skits and things like that, but a lot of it is just the music part of things, but a lot of great singers, live music, that sort of thing. So, but I think those are, about, you know, definitely Merry Old Christmas is my, my number one, my, my numero uno. Uh, I'll go with the Bing Crosby, Merry Old Christmas. No, I like that. Yeah, and I agree that that's that song I is one of my absolute favorite songs and for Christmas music. So, yeah, and I'm and I'm looking just as a um spoiler, we're probably going to be covering Christmas music 
uh, next year for Christmas. So I forgot to mention Dolly Parton's Christmas special. That's it. Now I'm done. <laughs> Love Dolly. Anything Dolly does. Love Dolly. <laughs> Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. Dolly, Dolly. I'm sure Aaron and Carla both hate Dolly because apparently Probably. the things that we love, they hate. I love Dolly Parton. <laughs> Our friendship would be over if you loved if you didn't love Dolly Parton. Right? Like I, I feel like you'd both be kicked out of the country, to be honest. Off planet Earth, because everybody loves Dolly. <laughs> one of my son's favorite uh singers is Dolly Parton, and one of his favorite songs is Jolene. Nice. That's because, because he has exquisite taste. Yeah, that's he does. why. <laughs> he does. And he knows about Dolly Parton because I played Dolly Parton for him. And he's like, who is that? I need all of her music, please. See? See? Like national treasure, Dolly Parton. Interplanetary, intergalactic humanity. treasure, Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. My first vaccines were Moderna because of Dolly Parton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I held out for the dying. I held out. Forget Pfizer's all about Moderna. Because Dolly said so. Give me that Dolly shot. Dolly funded it. So that's the one I got. Pfizer. I spit on the name of Pfizer. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) I got Pfizer. unhinged. Okay, uh, well, I also, I love the holiday baking shows so, so much. Uh, the ones that were mentioned plus other ones. Um, so I'll mention some of those. So I love, uh, there's a new one on Peacock. It used to be making it, now it's baking it. And it's hosted by, this season is hosted by Maya Rudolph and Amy Poehler. And they did a special one where it was celebrities doing it, doing the bake. And it was really funny and sweet and it was hilarious and they have uh the judges are these grannies <laughs> they call the grannies are the judges it's, so, it's really sweet and cute and it's i i really really enjoyed that and i love watching uh maya rudolph and amy Poehler together i really like watching mm-hmm. their dynamic and i love maya rudolph period so that's a really really fun one on peacock that i highly recommend that's a new one uh so they're still in the middle of the new season and then um, I love Holiday Baking Championship. Uh, I know, I think I talked about it before, but the day after Thanksgiving, I was baking like, because I used to bake all the time. I hate cooking. I can't cook, but I can bake. And so I was baking cookies <laughs> and all day. And my sister and I sat there and we watched a whole season of Holiday Baking Championship. <laughs> Just sitting there. And my sister was like, we we went it was like coming up on the finale. And my sister was like, did we seriously just sit here and watch this old thing? (laughs) Yep. But I love it. I love that. It's like a great way to spend a day. (laughs) Yes. And what what I love about that one is like it's, you know, just like one of the reasons people love the great British baking show is so many of the competitors become like friends and it doesn't feel like this weird like cattiness. And that's the same thing with the holiday baking show is it's like that kind of thing. It's like they all, the holiday baking championship, excuse me, they all seem to really love each other. So I really enjoy that. And that's on HBO Max. And I know, I think it was on Hulu too, but it's from Food Network too. So, but the other one I'm going to mention because I was also really big into Pee Wee's Playhouse when I was a kid is Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse. That was another Christmas special. I haven't rewatched it in years, so I can't really say too much about it, but I loved Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. 
and Pee Wee's Playhouse was a huge, huge thing for me as a kid and my friends. And Pee Wee Herman was fantastic in that whole show. And, you know, we still quote some of those, you know, I know you are. What am I? And all that kind of stuff. And why don't you marry it? You love it so much. Why don't you marry it? That kind of, And then the episode where they had the actual wedding. Married, like I think it was like a toaster or something. I don't remember. So that show was fantastic. So that's I, another Christmas. I still have my peewee pull string. Like, oh, you toy do? From when I was a kid. And you pull it and it goes, I know you are. But what am I? I know you are. But what am I? That's awesome. Yes. It was well loved. So yeah. it's not worth anything. But you still have it. That's what counts. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so now we're going to move on to probably the category where people will have a lot more things and uh, we're probably all going to be stealing from each other. But that's okay. So uh, we're going to start with dramas. So Carla, what are three of your favorite Christmas-themed episodes in in dramatic television? Dramatic Dramatic television. television. (laughs) Are we the fucking Oscars now? (laughs) Before I, I... I launch into that. I want to mention one Christmas special that I failed to mention during that portion, which is Patti LaBelle's classic or my backup singers. Where are my backup singers? Yes. That is my gosh. Right. It is just, Oh, the the holiday spirit. Okay. It's, it's, I guess you could call it a drama of a very talented and well-known singer (laughs) At a Christmas tree lighting. You can just do this and then talk about your dramas. <laughs> Where she's she's waiting for backup singers to arrive and they almost don't. And the cue card person keeps screwing up and it's bedlam and, and Patty LaBelle just muscles her way through it. And it, it's, you know, how this one woman just manages to get through this terrible time. But Moving on to TV shows now and drama. So the first one that I'll mention is The X-Files Christmas Carol. And that episode, it's where uh, where Scully meets Emily, who, as it turns out, is her child who, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Okay, if you haven't watched The X-Files, this, this episode is from 1997. Like, honestly, like, get 20, on the ball. Spoil it. It's been yeah. 20 years. Spoiler alert. So in season two, I think it is Scully gets abducted and disappears and she comes back and then sometime later you find out you find out that whatever experiments were done on her left her unable to bear children so it's like this awful thing that she's going through and then in season five she meets this child through this case of a woman who is murdered and so they're, they're trying to find the child's parents they do a dna, a DNA test because the child is just very eerily similar to scully and they think that it's scully's sister's child but no it's scully's child and it's like how did this happen but it's it's just really like i I think it's a very bittersweet moment for scully to have this child who is clearly clearly related to her but that she didn't get to raise all, all of this time and that you know we see later on in, in another episode who is taken from her again but it's oh it's one of the the episodes and one of the plot lines that i think about every time that i think of of the x-files another one is and okay so prodigal son is a show that got taken from us too soon 
And uh, the episode is called Silent Night. And okay, so mostly just wanted to shout out Prodigal Son because it's a it's a show that I really think it if it had been given more time would have really been amazing, um, especially where the the show was going. But so the main character Malcolm, played by the guy who played Jesus on uh, The Walking Dead, there's this guy, a killer called the Junkyard Killer. And the junkyard killer. Okay, so so the whole premise of the show is that Malcolm's dad was a serial killer, and Malcolm grows up to work for the FBI. He gets booted from the FBI and ends up working for the NYPD, and so he is like called in as an expert on a lot of things, but he still relies on his dad's expertise to help solve these crimes. <laughs> you know, like some people, it's like, oh, your dad's an architect. What would he say about these blueprints? Um, your dad's a serial killer. How would he go about dismembering this person? So he finds that his dad was working for, with this guy named the Junkyard Killer. And it leads to this huge blowout that um, endangers everybody in Malcolm's life. And this kerfuffle with his sister named Ainsley, which is just the most, you know, like, okay, these are writers who are trying to, okay, this girl's a millennial. What name can we give her to really shout millennial well, let's go with ainsley yes good call and nine one one, which you know like i i've mentioned before how much i love the show and meg and i have covered nine one one on our show as well if you would like to listen to that but always yes. be selling always be selling <laughs> always be plugging <laughs> always and forever but the, the episode called Merry Xmas, season two, episode 10, and Bobby contemplates his future with Athena. And it's, I love Bobby and Athena. They are one of my favorite ships on the show. The show has like 25,000 ships, but this is one that I really, really enjoy because it's two older people who find love and it's like a second chance in their lives to, for Bobby, it's, it's a second chance to find love even though he feels like he's not worth finding happiness and athena has just come out of a roller coaster of a marriage and this is when he is really thinking about you know like they start dating at the end of season one and you see them together in season two and you're like marry her and this is where he's like really oh maybe i should but there, there are christmas themes throughout the episode because what what brings two people together like Christmas. I mean, Christmas, you know, for all that that I'm that I'm bashing all of this Christmas stuff, whatever. Christmas is a magical time. And it's a it's a time for unexpected gifts. And sometimes unexpected gifts will fill your life in ways that, that you didn't see coming. For Scully, it was a child that she thought she could never have. For Bobby and Athena, it was the opportunity to to find something lasting and wonderful. And for Malcolm, it's the it, at that point in the in the series, which I'm so upset that it, that there's no resolution to this. But it, it's a chance for him to try to suss out whether he is going to follow in his father's footsteps or if he can be his own man, and how he is um, in relation to his family and what his family expects of him. And I really like the framing of these themes being around a holiday that is already very emotionally loaded 
and very, that can be very wonderful, but also very heavy because there's so many expectations with it. But especially for 911 and the X-Files, there, there's something wonderful that comes of, of these contemplations. And I really, I, I really enjoy these, these episodes. Justice for Prodigal Son. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, with Prodigal Son, because people kept telling me, you need to watch Prodigal Son. You need to watch Prodigal Son because of the, it's you would have loved it. And and I started this is this is the saddest thing to me because I started watching it on Hulu. I was in the middle of an episode and they pulled the episode while I was in the middle of watching it so oh. the episode stopped in the middle of me watching it. That was the most frustrating thing I have ever experienced. Yeah, it was like so <laughs> watching mean. A show. That sounds awful. I was so pissed. Like let the woman finish the episode. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is so up my alley. And then I was like, fine, I guess. And then it got canceled. So I was like, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, that was, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> so Meg. I have so many. I'm just going to say all of the Doctor Who Christmas specials are fantastic. They, So many of them are also the last episodes of the current uh, inca- incar- incarnation. There we go. I can I can talk the current incarnation of the doctors. So it's also usually the end of one actor playing and the beginning of the next actor for the next regeneration. So they're all really, really good. They're all really heartbreaking in a lot of ways. My favorite has recently changed to the husbands of River Song. And if you've talked to me for more than 14 seconds, you know that River Song is probably one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. And this is such a beautiful farewell to her and her relationship and her marriage to the doctor. And it's it's really heartbreaking because they have been going in cross part, they have been going in opposite timelines. So every time they see each other, she knows him a little bit more and he knows her a little bit less, or vice versa. And so in the Husbands of River song, it's the first time the doctor sees River and she doesn't recognize him. And so it's like they know when she they're fated to have their last night together. We know when she dies because the first time we meet her, she dies. And so this whole thing kind of leads up to them having their last date together on the specific planet and he builds a restaurant for them to spend one final night together on this restaurant in this restaurant or on this planet. And it's, it's like, Oh my God. Cause it turns out, I guess spoilers for doctor who, but this has been out for a while, but a <laughs> night, a night on this planet lasts for 24 years. So they spend 24 more years together. Wow. And it's just like, I'm getting very emotional just talking about it. It's just, it's beautiful. Doctor who has, fantastic christmas episodes and so many of them are heartbreaking um and if we do a lightning round i will just start spewing titles of them because they're all so good the end of time part one and two are both amazing also but i i'm gonna bring it back bring it back i'm gonna try (laughs) and control myself because i could talk about dr who for a long time (laughs) um another one i love is the downton abbey christmas christmas at downton abbey when Matthew's still there. <laughs> oh my God. Like in Germany, she blurred and she was... That's because I'm so emotional. Oh God. Oh, it's, it's the last so, time. It's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. 
love it all. <laughs> so apparently, I, yeah, I've, I've, I'm learning about myself that I really seem to like sad Christmas. <laughs> so. It's the last Christmas before this person died. It's the last Christmas before this person stopped knowing who this person was. Yep. Oh, God, <laughs> I know. There's, there's so it was like. But yeah, I, and um, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to go with Supernatural. A very Supernatural Christmas. It's just, it's a glimpse into how tough their childhood was. I mean, we already knew. But, you know, the gods, like the Christmas gods or whatever, I it's just hilarious to me. Um, and yeah, Supernatural is obviously a drama. But I have so many more, you guys. So if you can't think of one, I can give you some. <laughs> Doctor Who itself had seven episodes written down. <laughs> oh man. So so Tiff? So Black Mirror, season two, episode four, which stars the fantastic John Hamm, who can do it all. He can do drama, he can do comedy. He's fantastic. Uh and you know, oh so oh so handsome you know, in that classic way that we love to see. But this one is almost like it's three stories in one. So I'm going to use this as two. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he's stuck in a, the whole premise is he's stuck in like some remote cabin with this other dude. Right. And they're telling stories of their past Christmases. And it's so creepy because they are, it's isolated they, you know, we don't know where their families are, where their friends, because these guys aren't friends. So what the heck are they doing here together? And what is happening is, you know, it's like, it's essentially like a simulation of sorts. It's all in the mind. It, and this is what Black Mirror does to you, though. It it trips you up by making you think it's one thing, and then it ends up being a completely different thing overall. Uh, and it, it does that, like, from the very first episode, if you watch any of Black Mirror. Besides that one, I'm going to go with The West Wing, season one, episode 10. Funny thing is, I didn't watch Meg as herself because <laughs> she had it on her list. I was not a regular watcher of The West Wing. But this episode, like I have a, you know, a huge thing about Christmas, you know, TV, um, like when it comes to Christmas episodes of tv so i actually saw the, the promo on nbc of this one so i decided to watch it and in this one toby who is the white house communications director he finds or hears about a veteran who a homeless vet who died on the on the wall on the mall the on the uh, the washington mall you know the the nice little area with the reflecting pool and all that kind of stuff. And he goes about trying to find somebody to claim him like a next of kin. And there's nobody. His body goes, you know, uncollected for many, many, many days. They can't find anybody. And the whole thing about it is this is like the most important. I mean, President Jeb, of course, is important because, you know, he's off doing Christmas shopping like <laughs> outside. He's not letting people do his Christmas shopping. He goes outside and does it himself with his Secret Service trailing him. But um, the whole premise is how Toby can make this right, you know, for this veteran. Uh, and he ends up getting him like a full military burial. And it's really beautiful. They have the, uh, the song, darn it. It's the... Um, 
I can't remember what the song is, but it's the children's, it's the children's chorus. Uh, that's, it's the, that's the backing track. It's, it's raining and it's gray. And in it's uh, no, it, but it's not in excessive stale. It, they do something, they do a different song um, than that. You would think it was that, but it's not. But it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. It's incredibly sad. It is. It's very, very sad, uh, but it's one of my favorites. And yes, I can't think of any others. So I'm going to leave it at that because I had way more comedy. I apologize. I thought we were only going to do one. So no. I had one and a backup. I don't have to apologize at all for that. I have Gilmore Girls. If you, want to talk about you don't have to apologize. Um. And ER. Oh, yes. That is a good one. That is a good one. That ER, is. Um, yeah. I know. I'm trying to think. Uh, no, no. I, all the rest of them are comedy. So no, 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 no. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with a horror one. Shocker. Uh, an episode of the great show Tales from the Crypt that you can't watch anywhere, sadly, because of lots of rights issues and crap. It's very, very, very sad to me. But um, this one was called An All Through the House from 1989. And the plot, I'll just tell the plot to you, is on Christmas Eve, a mother controls the anxiety of her little daughter, Carrie Ann, for Santa Claus and puts her to bed. Then she comes to the living room and kills her husband, hitting um, hitting his head with a fireplace poker, expecting to receive his life insurance and stay with her lover. But while she's dumping his body on the ER, in the yard, the dangerous patient of a mental institution dressed like Santa Claus attacks her. So, you know, there's there's your Christmas horror episode. Very feel Please, good. Very feel good. So I, I would I wish somehow we could get tales from the crypt to be on television streaming somewhere because that was the best show. So, uh, and then I, even though it was mentioned, I am going to second um, a very supernatural Christmas. I actually was rewatching that today. It's the first time I've rewatched, I've watched a supernatural episode in forever. Um, and I used to watch this one every time around Christmas. And the reason I'm mentioning again is, is personal reasons mm -hmm. because uh, every year I participate in something called uh, Secret Krampus. And our final gift is a gas station gift. So because it's inspired by this episode. So we always because in the end, you know, Sam and Dean give each other gas, sta gas station gifts. So we buy each other gas station gifts as our last one. And it's pretty incredible. I mean, sometimes the gas station gifts were always like, uh, did you really get this at a gas station? <laughs> but it's still it's so much fun. And I really love that episode. I think it's a great insight into both of them. And it's sad because, you know, Dean really wants to have a Christmas because he is going to be going to hell soon and all of that. So I love that yeah. one. And then finally, uh, this is actually probably my favorite dramatic Christmas episode. And it's from the show that was canceled very all too soon called My So-Called Life. And this episode is called So-Called Angels. And this is all about the amazing, wonderful Ricky Vasquez, who was one of the best characters ever on television and was uh, is known as being the first out openly gay teenage teenager on television. And he was in an abusive home. He's escaped. He's been beaten up. And this whole episode revolves around um, Angela, who's the main character played by Claire Danes. Uh, to, you know, she um, she's trying to find Ricky. She's worried about Ricky. And um, then there's this ghost, the spirit of this homeless teenager who died um, on the streets and stuff. It was kind of talking to everybody. She's like the angel. 
And um, in the end, they find Ricky and um, Angela's family ends up taking him into their home and they all meet up at midnight mass. And it it makes me cry every time the scene where Ricky breaks down and cries and um, Wilson Cruz is fantastic. And um, Angela's family like hugs him and takes him in. And it's like this first act of kindness that he has experienced in forever. And Ricky was one of the best characters ever on television. So highly recommend that one. And go listen to our, my so-called life episode because that show deserved so much more love. So I know there's the horrible Jared Leto in it, but it is a fantastic show. It really is. Yes. Yes. Tiff. Yes. I remember another one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy. I was Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. Season two, episode 13, titled Under the Mistletoe, wherein Friday Fisher, our plucky lady detective who lives in 1930s Australia, takes her friends and family to Christmas in July in this lovely little, not little, this chateau (laughs) up in the mountains. And you didn't know, but it snows in Australia up in the mountains and they're trapped in this snowstorm wherein the people, if you can hear my child, she's outside at the door right now, where (laughs) they start getting killed off according to the 12 days of Christmas. And it's it's a mystery about who's doing the killing. And it turns out that it is, they think it's a ghost, the ghost of the people that died in the mines. But guess what? It's not. It was the business partner of Phryne's aunt's late husband who was doing all of the killing. (laughs) And they are saved by the dashing Detective Jack and his deputy, Hugh. And it's fun. If you haven't watched Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, folks, you've got to go watch it because it's an awesome show. I literally will watch that back to back to back to back to back. Because it's only like (laughs) so. Get on it. That's my third one. Awesome. Yay. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we're going to move on to comedy. And I know certain episodes I'm not even going to try to mention. So. <laughs> Carla's about to take all of this. mine. She's about to take all of mine. I can see it in her eyes. <laughs> Thanks, so Carla. This twinkle is mischief. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to take the one that probably one of the ones that Tiff is talking about. And it is the Mindy Project's Christmas Party Sex Trap. Yeah, all yeah. of you are nodding. All of our yes. that was on this, all Yeah, of our well, list. this show introduced all of us to each other. So. Yes, so yeah. it's unsurprising <laughs> that this would be one of the episodes. So the Mindy Project, the two whole seasons that it aired was <laughs> was uh, you know Dr. Mindy Lahiri played by Mindy Kaling. The show is written by you know created by Mindy and. By season two, you have um, Danny Castellano, who has gone from being her enemy to her her question mark because he seems to be showing feelings for her. And she's kind of oblivious to this. But now Mindy is she has her sights set on Cliff, a lawyer who works in the same building that they do in their OBGYN practice. And she's trying to find a way to insinuate herself into Cliff's eyeline at and, and so she 
she throws a Christmas party that wasn't supposed to be as big as it ended up being because she just wanted him to be up there. But suddenly the, the whole building is there. There are taxidermists and there are lawyers and, you know, doctors. Um, and Brendan Delorier, very briefly, she she wants to make herself look bustier. So she fills a, a wine. Oh, no, no, it wasn't because she wanted to be bustier. It was, it, it was just like a side effect. It's just that she wanted wine, but... <laughs> But um, the the party was supposed to be dry, and so there was no alcohol anymore. She was all upset about it, so she got a a wine bra, and she's filling it up with the wine and drinking out of it every now and then. And then Peter starts drinking out of it because he's just Peter. Um, but the important thing here is that they have a secret Santa exchange, and Danny, who is falling in love with her, decides to choreograph a a a dance to show only to her to Aaliyah's try again and it is sweet it's romantic it's hot as hell like when he caresses her chin and she's just you know like gobsmacked by everything that this could mean and they're about to kiss and then people run in and interrupt them and she ends up out on the balcony, making out with Cliff as Danny looks on from the office with his sad Danny face. It's it's a great episode. Um, again, the show That's is only everything. two seasons long. <laughs> the show is only two seasons long, so just watch those first two seasons. Um, there is like propaganda on the internet saying that there are additional seasons. Don't listen to them. Those are those are, are filled with viruses and it's going to affect your smart TV. So don't watch anything beyond the first two seasons. Otherwise, your TV is going to break and your Roku is going to start selling your passwords to everybody in the in the black market. All of um, us, all of us were completely shocked because our accounts were all hacked. Yes. People <laughs> saying hashtag save Mindy. Yes. Mindy it's so weird. I don't know who had that. I don't know who had my account, but I had to wrestle it back. Yes. Oh, yes. The, yes. I saw it. Times. I saw it from you oh too. God. And Meg yes. and Aaron. It was, it's so scary that it happened to all of us simultaneously. Simultaneously. And we because we would never have have Never. done that right. ever we only know of the two seasons the, that the two seasons yes well there's that one episode the last episode oh yes that was supposed to be season three episode one we're a couple now haters that has the the stripping scene yes yes you yes. find out danny was a stripper but it there's was bootlegged episode. and so if yes. you watch it bootlegged <laughs> that's okay that's but just don't right. buy into the propaganda that there's anything beyond that <laughs> nothing else exists of the mini project another show is friends and my favorite, they had Christmas episodes every season. My favorite one is the one with the with the holiday armadillo. Okay, Ross and Monica and Rachel on the show are canonically Jews. And Ross has a child with his ex, Carol. And Carol and her new wife have, um, basically, like, uh, Ross doesn't always have custody of his son, Ben, on the um around Christmas, but this year he wants to be with with his son, and is shocked at how little his son knows about Hanukkah. But his son is like hell bent on seeing Santa. He wants to see Santa, and he will talk about nothing but Santa. So Ross decides to cave and to um to do something for the holidays, but he's like no Santa. 
but but of course, I forget who it is who I think probably Joey goes out and gets a Santa suit and he's like, no, how dare you? It's Chandler. It was a Chandler. Thank you. Uh, Ross is trying to somehow convince his son that Hanukkah is cool as well. He's like, you get all these gifts. and But it's not about that. It's about this miracle that happened with oil and lights. And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, Santa, though. Where's <laughs> Santa? Like, that's the, the big deal here. So he decides that in order to captivate his son's, his son's attention, he needs to find a character to associate with Hanukkah. And he goes to the costume store and the only thing they really have is a giant armadillo. So he shows up as the holiday armadillo. And which is, of course, exactly what any parent should do when they're when they're trying to teach their children their um, their traditions to show up as an armadillo, of course. And it's a, it's a really sweet episode. I think it's really it's one of the funniest episodes of Friends. It's really sweet. And um, and it really showed me long before I knew that I was going to end up marrying somebody who's Jewish, that I need to expose my child early to both of our our um, our cultures so that our child does not have to be confronted with a giant armadillo in his own house. Um, but I, I really like the the way that they the very creative way that they handle that. I, I thought it was fantastic and it's so Ross <laughs> it's just so Ross to to make it into something like this but it, it ends up working out and um it's just very sweet I love it and the third one that I'll mention is the show ghosts the BBC version okay not the like okay why do we have a US version of ghosts why couldn't they just, you know, like, oh, United States people, like, honestly, it's the same language. It's not even like there's a language barrier. You don't have to have subtitles to watch Ghosts. <laughs> They're both in English. But no, you can't watch the the BBC version. You have to have your own version. So now we have this other version, whatever. Anyway, so the BBC version, there's a uh, The Ghost of Christmas. This one aired in 2020. And it starts with Julian, the most obnoxious of the ghosts. Um, and it's it, it you see how he died, which is <laughs> he's at a Christmas party. He is um, canoodling with somebody that he shouldn't be. And he ends up dying of a heart attack in the middle of canoodling. Canoodling, yes. But, uh, you know, an episode that starts with something so tawdry ends up being really sweet because the, the the two non-dead people, Mike and Allison, Mike's family comes for Christmas and the, he's trying to establish his own traditions at his at his house. And his father's being very, uh, he's trying to, his parents are trying to take over and make it their Christmas. And at, at the same time, Allison, who's the only one who can see and hear these ghosts, is trying to look normal to her in-laws while still coping with all of these ghostly problems. And one of the things that's happening in real life is that one of Mike's sisters has a baby who just will not fall asleep, who has like the hardest time and keeps his mom, it keeps her mom up day and night. So Julian ends up trapped in the same room as the baby. And he ends up kind of bonding with the baby and finding ways to make the baby um, more quiet and comfortable. And the baby ends up falling asleep the ghosts are all there. The, uh, the kid can sense them. And he ends up working through some of his 
unresolved issues about having left behind children that he was never really there for because he was always running around canoodling with people he shouldn't be canoodling with and basically ruining his relationship with with his children. So it, it does uh, go from, you know, this, you know, politician and peen opening to a really sweet, wholesome episode. But I wanted to add one of the best scenes so I was rewatching the holiday armadillo today. And one of my favorite parts of that episode is because, you know, Ross shows up in that armadillo costume because, you know, they were all out of he actually went there first to get a Santa costume and they were all out of that and then got that. And Chandler shows up in the Santa costume and <laughs> Ross is like, please, please, man, you got to leave. I just really want to. And so Chandler's solution, because Ben's like, no, I want Santa to stay. Why can't the armadillo, the holiday armadillo leave? And Chandler's like, because Ben, if Santa and the holiday armadillo are ever in the room too long, the world will implode. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Because world implosion is such a Christmas thing. (laughs) It's so hilarious. It's so funny. And then when Joey shows up in a Superman costume, Ross is just like, what the heck? It's so great. It's so hilarious. I love that. It's such a good episode. That's officially the only Friends episode I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It's because when my family came to stay over Thanksgiving, they insisted on watching this and... The only Seinfeld episode I've ever seen. Which is <laughs> a strike. Yes. The Festivus for the rest of us. We aired our grievances. <laughs> so, Meg. Carla didn't only took one. I, I can't believe it. Okay, so now I got to narrow stuff down. Okay, so. You're welcome. The Office Christmas Party Season two, it's so cringy, but I love it so much. There, Michael Scott is doing, has the office is doing Secret Santa, and he decides on a $20 limit to buy a $400 iPod in 2006. So, like, it's just, it's like six inches thick, too. Like, it's, it's old and clunky, but either way, $400 on a $20 limit, which is the worst thing. You think it's the worst thing he could possibly do. Because then when he doesn't like his price-appropriate gift, an oven mitt from Phyllis, he decides to change the game to Yankee Swap. Which is... Okay, I love Yankee Swap. We do it. We do Christmas Yankee Swap at my for my family Christmas all the time. It's fantastic. But you have to know that that's what you're doing. Because Jim's, like, got this really personal oh gift. Oh, God, yeah. Like, and a letter confessing his feelings. Or a card and a, this teapot and all these little inside jokes and stuff like that that he got for Pam because he lucked out and got Pam to be a secret Santa. And like, oh my God, Stanley got Kelly a nameplate that says her name and it went like, and like the horrifying baby picture poster and like everyone got very personal, appropriate gifts for people except Creed. <laughs> And then they have to do this Yankee, this swap and everything, and it's fantastic. Um, honestly, I'm going to say all of the Office Christmas specials. The Benny Hanna Christmas was great. They're they're all fantastic. When he tries to do a classy Christmas, when he's like sexy Santa, it's all ridiculous. They're so fun. I like if you don't even, if you don't watch the Office, you can still watch the Christmas specials, and there's it's enough of a microcosm that you still get. And they're always so cringy because it's Michael Scott, and I love it. Um, then another one is. 
I'm, I'm honestly just like the show and all of the Christmas specials because Superstore Christmas Eve when Amy's trying to be like I'm crazy look at this crazy stuff <laughs> I did and she they ride the scooter to her ex-husband's new girlfriend's house to show that they're super crazy and the scooter batteries die and they get caught and it's the most awkward uncomfortable coffee situation and the girlfriend is so nice and she's so nice she's so accommodating she's such a fantastic host and they like kick over her little her decoration <laughs> and yeah, they have to sit there for like an hour while it charges um there's that one then i and i don't think it's when they get locked in it's fantastic mm-hmm. too, on Christmas. Mm-hmm. like those are all again fantastic christmas episodes um and ooh. I have two more, but I'll pick one. Uh, Shit's Creek, Merry Christmas, Johnny Rose. I love that one so much. That one gets me a little emotional too with it because all Johnny Rose wants to do is have one of his old Christmases, like they did before they lost everything and had to move to Shit's Creek. And it's like, first of all, that's a pretty lofty goal because you live in a motel. But it's just like Alexis doesn't understand what a guest list is, and she's like, "I'm not even gonna be there." Ted and I are going to be out of town. David won't let him use any of the decorations from the store. So he has to find all these old crunchy ones. Like, but it, it's beautiful. It like at the end, it, it winds up being absolutely beautiful. And this love, and you can see Patrick, and David are all like, oh. it's great. And it, I love it. And then my honorable mention is Roseanne White tries Christmas. That's it. With the decorations. So Tiff, Okay, so since uh, Carla, of course, took the ultimate, which was the Mindy Project. You know, Must be nice to have a early the alphabet name. Seriously. <laughs> well, I'm going to take I'm going to take the other Mindy Project Christmas episode, the only one that we acknowledge because there's no other seasons past season two, nope. <laughs> of course, which was Josh and Mindy's Christmas party. Now, Mindy was dating, was of so course, good. Josh who was this high-powered sports agent and who later turns out to be like hopped up on Coke (laughs) and energy drinks. (laughs) He was high empowered. Exactly. But before (laughs) we find all that out, they have their first party as a couple, which happens to be a Christmas party. And uh, we get our first signs of Danny Castellano loving Christmas because he brings a gingerbread house and it's beautiful. It's beautifully decorated and he's wearing a leather jacket and he looks like he smells like pine cones and just lovely man. And he, <laughs> he looks so shy when he comes in and it, it's, it's heartwarming. Didn't and he insulate it with cotton candy? He did. He <laughs> did. He gave us some, he gave us some cotton candy insulation. So, you know, I mean, he's always thinking, you know, AB, ABT always be thinking. <laughs> um, and it turns out, you know, of course that Mindy ends up being the other woman, Josh's crazy girlfriend, <laughs> comes in and completely goes nuts. She's hitting things off the table. She's knocking over food. And what ends up happening, of course, is Mindy's friends rally behind her, of course, um, <laughs> singing on the uh, singing Spanish Christmas tunes on the karaoke machine. Um just just a wonderful amount of uh, just just loveliness between friends and just showed you how 
the spirit of Christmas is within us all, even when your ex-boyfriend is somebody who is just a total diva. Anywho, so moving on to the next one, I took The Golden Girls, season five, episode 12, which is Have Yourself a Very Little Christmas. And of course, Miami's in the midst of a heat wave. It's 103 degrees. (laughs) It says, there's a quote from Dorothy that says, oh boy, it is hell out there. It must be 103 and the mall is impossible. (laughs) And then um, Sophia says, did you get anything for the grandchildren? And Dorothy, of course, has something smart to say. So the whole premise of that one is that instead of um, spending Christmas with their families or with each other, they decide to volunteer in a soup kitchen, where it turns out that Dorothy's ex-husband, Stan, has been thrown out by his current wife, who is, of course, a you know, frisky young thing. And he's been thrown out. So he's at the soup kitchen because, you know, he has nowhere else to go. And it's all kind of depressing, but still with the Golden Girls, a hot twist. So, yes, the Golden Girls have yourself a very little Christmas. And my third one, I I was kind of in between Superstore as season two, but I'm going to go with Parks and Rec um, season four, episode 10, which was called Citizen Nope. And that's when Leslie gets suspended from the department because <laughs> <laughs> she, she bribed a maintenance worker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she suspended two weeks with pay. So it's mostly about Leslie not being able to go to work and you know how she is about, about working. She's very gung-ho about working. And she's trying to um, get her campaign to be on uh, the city council off the ground. And that's not going well. Um, Ben actually quits. He resigns because he takes the fall for Leslie and he's trying to find some uh, job in the private sector. It's not going so well. (laughs) And the the team tries to find Leslie the perfect gift, which is really hard because she's Leslie Nope. And Leslie Nope is particular (laughs) about things. It's all fun, though. It's all good. Um, It's a great Christmas episode. I have way too many, but those are my three. I'm going with Josh and Mindy's Christmas Party, Parks and Recreation, Citizen Nope, and Golden Girls. Have yourself a very little Christmas. Uh, So I'll start with a Married with Children two-parter episode. It's a Bundy Full Life where it's like the (laughs) – it's Al's wonderful – it's a Wonderful Life episode where Al's guardian angel, played by Sam Kinison – Shows him what his life would have been like if he had never been born. And Peg is like this. It's like, you know, everything's wonderful. It's like the typical sitcom house. And she's like married to Jefferson and stuff. And it's just and every, you know, and and all the kids are like great kids and they all get along. And it's this wonderful thing. And that's actually what makes Al want to live his life as he can't stand that his family is so happy because and his guardian angel's like I was trying to give you a reason to live but I don't see how I can give you a reason to live <laughs> so you know showing that the world would be better off if you were alive but he's like I don't think it would be but <laughs> it's it's a great two-parter and it's one where he did have money he was gonna finally be able to buy everybody Christmas presents so that he got stuck at the shoe store Everything was closed and then he gets, you know, electrocuted when he's like trying to fix the Christmas lights and stuff. So that's a great one. And I'm going to I know Meg mentioned a couple from the office, but I'm just going to quickly shout out 
uh, Secret Santa from season six because mm-hmm. I was just watching that. And that one cracks me up because when when Michael comes – because Michael gets so upset because Phyllis gets to be Santa and he wanted to be Santa. And so he goes and pretends he's Jesus. And <laughs> the way he does the Jesus – it's hilarious. Such a baby. And then he's such a baby. He lets Kevin sit on his lap and immediately regrets yep. it. <laughs> yep. And and then he keeps he keeps um pulling over um how am I forgetting BJ Novak's annoying character? Ryan. How am I forgetting his name? Ryan, yes. He's saying, Come on, sit in my lap, sit in my lap. I need this. I need this. I need this. <laughs> and Jim's like, you cannot pull an employee and have to sit on your lap while saying, I need this. It's absolutely hilarious. And when he comes out first with the Jesus costume and he's like, you know, this is the reason for the season. And and Angela, of course, is like, amen. <laughs> oh, God. And I forgot all about the Christmas, the dueling Christmas parties with the margaritas. And oh, the that car- one, too. And the Nutcracker yes. Christmas. Ah, they're yeah. all golden. That one, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the I almost went with uh, the Moroccan Christmas only because that's the one where <laughs> Where Michael's like, let's do an intervention. And he's reading from the handbook and he's like, has your use of alcohol ever caused you to question the Mormon faith? That's teachings. And the office, the, the corporate gift is shot glass. Yeah. That one's, that one's hilarious. Uh, and then finally, um, and Meg had started talking about it, but the white trash Christmas from Roseanne. Yes, Roseanne. I, I do not like Roseanne, but I loved the Roseanne. I loved Roseanne. I loved the show. That was I a mean, great show. I, the show was fantastic. And um, this one is, you know, after receiving notice from the neighborhood association about not putting up tacky Christmas decorations, the Connors go all out to do a ra- white trash Christmas decorations, which is so amazing. And this is also the episode where um, DJ finds out that Darlene is secretly living with David in Chicago. And this is also one where they're trying to give Becky money um, and she gives it to Mark for Mark to further his education. They get pissed. And so she goes and starts working at a place called Buns, which is like a takeoff on Hooters. So it's all this stuff going on. It's just a really fantastic episode because Roseanne was known for doing great Halloween episodes. But I think this is one of those great Christmas ones. So those are my three. Okay. Well, we are at like the hour and a half mark. So I am going to let us do three speed rounds. So you can mention one. You don't go into detail. You just mention one of anything, Carla. Okay. The show Early Edition, the episode Christmas. Meg. Heart of Dixie, Blue Christmas. Kids. Love Hard, the movie on Netflix. Ted Lasso, Carol of the Bells. The show Eureka, the episode Old Little Town. Gilmore Girls, Bracebridge Dinner. I like how we're all very like, and now. Suddenly <laughs> we're on a Harper <laughs> panel about like, lipids or something serious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got lost. Sorry about that. Um, Jingle Jangle, another Netflix film. Uh, Jingle Bells, uh, Will and Grace. The Twilight Zone, five characters in search of an exit. Nice. Allie McBeal, the man with the bag. Listen to Robert Downey Jr. sing. <laughs> nice. I'm doing all movies, apparently. I'm going with <laughs> <laughs> The Princess Switch, switched again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, Tiffany, you don't listen to Carl and Mike's episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and then I will lastly say, last Christmas from This Is Us. 
So oh. even though I criticized that show like crazy, I cried at every episode of that show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. I, did anyone do a six degrees of Finn Whitrock? It's six degrees out. <laughs> and as I always say, I win. I was one degree from Finn Whitrock. So I always win. Yeah, along with Aaron. Yes, along with me. Yes. Uh, well, I did. I did do one uh, connecting Finn to the Mindy Project through Christmasina. So Christmasina was in a season of The Sinner with uh, Matt Bomer, and Matt Bomer, of course, was in a bunch of things with Finn, but in um, The Normal Heart with Finn Whitrock. So thank you all so much, and happy holidays to everybody. So we're gonna go ahead and close out. And Carla can again promote her and Meg's wonderful podcast, Bedwetter Behead, and herself. Yes, thank you, Erin. Bedwetter Behead podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can also look for the podcast online, currently on Twitter, probably not for long. Um, that's just at Bedwetbehead pod. pod. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. On Instagram, at bed.wet.behead dot pod you can look for me on hive at mexi carly that's m-e-x-i-c-a-r-l-i and you can look for my instagram at carlatemis or my website carlatemis.com that's c-a-r-l-a-t-e-m-i-s.com awesome thank you and meg you can find me on all the stuff at Wisconsin Act, W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. That's awesome. it. Yeah, I got nothing else. I got nothing else. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, man. And yeah. <laughs> uh, for right now, I'm still on Twitter, even though the evil Mollusk owns it now. That's cool. Uh, it's at who is Tiff as me. And then I'm on Discord, which is also at who is Tiff as me with some numbers behind it but like we all said we don't know what those numbers mean so just type in who is tip is me and eventually i will be on highs don't know what it does don't know what it is but you know i'll be there and it's going to be who is tip is me because that's my jam awesome thank you and this is aaron you can for now uh i think still you can follow me on twitter at e april beauty the e and the a and the b are capitalized be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter for now at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on hive. I don't understand hive. I'm trying to understand it, but at fandom thing pod, I do have a personal one that is, I believe the E April beauty as well. Uh, we are on discord too. I don't know the numbers though. Like I, I think this is just going to become my thing. I'll never write those down. So find us at it's a fandom thing pod. Maybe we'll get that. Fandom Thingers channel, Risk or whatever it's called, going. <laughs> you follow us on Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Be sure to check out our website, It's a Fandom Thing Pod.com. You can find our Redbubble store there if you want to be a potential interview guest. You can k- click the Contact Us button there. Um, if you want to support us other ways, buy us a coffee or become a patron. Uh, we are at we've added new stuff to our tiers to our seven dollar and fifteen dollar tiers. So go check that out. There will be new content coming. Uh, Meg it has given me great, wonderful ideas to improve this because I took on a lot by myself that I should not have taken on too much to do. So she is helping with some suggestions. So it's all going to be different. And there's a poll which 
I am wondering if a certain person here is the one who has the vote right now on it. But I did a poll. Oh, no. Uh, of the episode, mini episode for patrons only. So you have to come a patron to vote in it. But you can make me watch the Winchesters. You can have us cover Firefly Lane. You can have us cover Glass Onion, the new Knives Out movie. Or you can have us talk about the true crime doc, uh, Don't Answer the Phone. So you can vote in that. So we're going to do that every month, the previous month before patrons get to decide what we do a mini episode on. And there will be other great content in there as well. And next week, we are going to be rounding out the year with our annual top 10, our favorite things from 2022 that will again have Meg, Carla, Aaron A, and Sasha. So that one I do allow for because those are the people, I mean, Sasha wasn't on last year, but those are the people that were on the first one. So they continue to be on. Um, So that'll be a great episode. You know, I will try, I will be talking a lot about horror, obviously. So (laughs) expect a lot of that. And then coming soon, it's our second annual Christian effing Bale month featuring the amazing Carla and her spot on Christian effing Bale impression. And those will all be live streams as well. So stay tuned to our socials for info on that. We'll also be doing a Christian effing Bale live stream birthday trivia event on January 29th because that's Christian's birthday. So lots of fun, exciting stuff coming your way. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about Christmas television. So we're going to be talking about Christmas television specials, episodes of shows that we love that are focused, like, let me take that again. (laughs) (laughs) Episodes of Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> of Christmas, I know. Um, you know, that anxiety episode when you think, did I actually remember to buy all of the gifts I need to get? And it's 9.30 at night on Christmas Eve. Yes, that that's what we're going to be that talking episode. about. Uh, that that episode. Episode. <laughs> the 12 anxiety stages of Christmas. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to, okay, I'm going to be <laughs> Fifty-two. We'll, we'll get it eventually. <laughs> We're gonna get it right. <laughs> I was trying to decide because I, I all of a sudden remembered uh, it was about a year and a half ago or so. Darren Chris hosted a Christmas special that was all singing with people singing, and it was the cheesiest thing. And it really wasn't good necessarily, but <laughs> I watched all of it. It was like a karaoke. No, that wasn't a Christmas special. So I'm gonna because <laughs> I remember now it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch that, Aaron. Well, man, now I feel like I need to do like all dramatic <laughs> Christmas episodes because Carla and Meg went with all dramatic ones. Well, and it's was- drama. Well, it's drama. Oh, it is drama. Okay, sorry. I was gonna- <laughs> we're the drama category. <laughs> oh, these are these were my sitcom picks. What are you talking about? <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.